Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. beautiful, beautiful day. How many love summer? I love summer. I love summer. And last night I was driving home after church and it was like 9.02 and it's getting darker, you know, earlier. I... And then this morning I was up at five and it wasn't as bright, you know, so I'm like, okay, Lord, you're preparing us for the next season. So, but we enjoy the season that we're in. Amen. You know that every season you're in is a blessing? Every season. People are like, I'm in a really bad season. No, every season that you're in is a good season because it's the season God has you in to show you something. Amen? You know, winter is probably the best year, the best season. Somebody take her out. (laughs) Because here, because here, winter, this is what happens in the winter. Winter, the leaves fall off the trees. Unless you're from the south, then it's just all brown. Here, it's beautiful. It, the trees, you know, the leaves fall off. Like, you can see your neighbors that you couldn't see. The trees, actually, the roots go deeper. You know, the snow, when the snow falls, it's really quiet and serene. Isn't that something? But winter is really a season that you can get such clarity from God. So don't underestimate any season that you're in. If it's a season of questioning, if it's a season of just maybe you feel desperate, a season, whatever season it is, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, instead of complaining, instead of complaining, ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me in this season? Because in that season is what he's trying to teach you. In the next season, he's going to teach you something different. Don't miss what he wants to teach you now. Amen? That's a side note. I have a joke. You guys want to hear it? It's a really good one. I think I've shared it before, but I only have a few. Pastor Bob has a whole bunch. But his are not funny. Mine are funny. I'm kidding. He's probably watching online. Um, Anyways, here's a joke. Okay. So there was this pastor that went to a family's house for dinner. Family invited him over for dinner, and they had dinner. And as they were cleaning up, you know, pastor left the wife was cleaning and he, she looks at her husband. She says, I think he stole our spoon. He's like, what do you mean he stole our spoon? She's like, the spoon is gone. I think he stole our spoon. So a year goes by and this really, really bothered this lady. Remember I talked about offense a couple weeks ago? That was this lady. She was offended because she knew the pastor stole her spoon because that spoon was missing. So finally, she has the, has the pastor back over a year later. They're having dinner, and she's couldn't, she could not stand it anymore. She goes, I'm sorry, I can't handle it anymore. Did you steal our spoon when you were here a year ago? And he said, no, I put it in your Bible. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So... Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day. Oh, it's so funny. I heard that joke. I cracked up. I thought, man, what a good pastor. That's a good pastor. So if you invite me over to your house, count your spoons and check your Bible before you approach me. 
There's a subject I want to talk to you guys about. Turn with me to John 14. How many know that there is in what's going on right now in the world is probably, um, I've, I guess I can say it like this. I haven't dealt with so many people that are dealing with anxiety and fear and oppression than I am right now. We've been doing, I think we've been, I think it's 15 years. Was it, Yeah, it's 15 years this year that we've been uh, pastoring the church. And over that time, you know, we deal with it here and there. But this is the season where it's like, it really is over the top. And it's because of what's going on in the atmosphere. It's just what's going on in the world. You can't go anywhere and not feel that anxiety and feel the anxiousness in people and the concern and, and real concern. So I was thinking the other day, I thought, Lord, what is the antidote for anxiety? You know, there is a clinical thing for anxiety. I get that 100%. There's a thing, there's things that go on in your brain that you're lacking and all that. I'm talking about just the daily day-to-day. You know, like when, when um, before I come up here to speak, I always am anxious, you know, it's got those butterflies and you're anxious or you're going to start a new job and you're anxious or you're going to do something different and you're anxious. You know, those are, that's just kind of a normal, but, but there's this anxiety in the atmosphere. You know, people are just like, you know, and I'm like, what is the antidote for anxiety? And I, I really think that it's peace, right? It's like peace is, peace is the thing that calms anxiety, and so this scripture in John, in John 14, 37, in the Passion Translation, it says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. So Jesus gives us his peace. And I love that. It says, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world. Because see, the world's peace is fragile. How many know the world doesn't have peace? The world needs peace. That's why we need to be in peace so we can show the world that we can have peace in a world of chaos. That's the importance of understanding who we are, understanding what we can have in Christ. Amen? Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. It says, don't yield. Say yield. Yield. Don't yield. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. I love that. This is Jesus talking. He says, don't yield to fear. What's the first part of that? He says, I'm giving you my peace. Don't yield to fear. If you take my peace, you don't have to fear, but be courageous. Amen. How many in here have felt anxious in the last year? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not crazy. You're not crazy. Terry might be, but nobody else is crazy. I'm kidding, Terry. Terry's amazing. I love Terry. John 16, 33. And everything I've taught you, this is Jesus talking again. You know, I want to encourage you guys, read the Bible and read everything that's read. I love the red sections in there because that's Jesus talking. This is Jesus saying, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble. Don't you love that? He's warning us. He says, you know what? In this unbelieving world, because the world doesn't believe, right? The world doesn't believe. The world has more fear than we do right? 
He's saying, in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. This is Jesus. It's like, Jesus, can you please be encouraging? What he's doing is he's saying, hey guys, it, it, listen, you are going to go through stuff. It, you just are. It's called the world we live in. But he gives us this great promise. He says, but you must be courageous because I have overcome the world. He first says, I'm gonna give you my peace so that you can be in rest. Whose peace? His peace, so you can be in rest. We can't be in rest unless we're in peace. I always ask this, if we, if for me, for myself, if I'm not in peace, I always ask this question. Shar, what have you been thinking about? What have you been thinking about? If peace is the antidote for anxiety, then I believe this, sometimes we can get ourselves out of peace by just the way that we think. How many of you meditate on the recession or on the gas prices or on the grocery prices or on the things that are going on? How does that work for you? When all you do is think over and over and over, does it help anything? Does it change anything? then why do we do it? It takes us out of peace, puts us into fear, anxiety, worry, and then what happens? I am completely distracted from Jesus, the peace giver. Isn't the devil a stinker? See, he can't get us on the big things, but he can get us on these little things to get us to think about the things that we have no business thinking about. Yes, because you know what you focus on, you give power to. If I focus on Jesus and the words that he said to me, because he said to me, I will give you my peace. Do you know that I can, I can do this? I can say, here, Carolyn, I'm, gonna give, I'm giving you my iPad. But if, if Carolyn doesn't get, but I really need it. After I'm done, you can have it. Okay. I can tell her I'm giving you my iPad, but if she doesn't get out of her seat and come and take the iPad, then she does not have an iPad. I'll give it to you later. You guys understand what I'm saying? Jesus is saying, I am giving you peace, but if we don't take that peace, if we don't walk in that peace, if we don't recognize that we can take that peace and actually live in peace, then we don't have it. You guys get, get it? Because we're like, I, you know, you've got peace, you've got peace. Okay, let's take it and walk in it, okay? If, if I could, I would sit down with you and have coffee. These are the questions that I would ask you. Because I'm talking about focus. I'm talking about peace and how we, how we can live in peace. And how, see, a lot of times we don't understand the effects that our thoughts have in our life. Because nobody hears your thoughts, Right? Right. Nobody around you hears your thoughts, but there's one that hears your thoughts. And our thoughts get us in really big trouble. You ever sit and have a conversation? Okay, say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on someone. I'm going to pick on Dita. I have a thought. Dita doesn't like me. That's my thought. Now I'm going to continue to think on that thought and I'm going to make these stories up in my mind 
about how Dita doesn't like me. And so then when Dita comes to church on a weekend and she doesn't say hi to me, then that just confirms the, that one thought that I had that she doesn't like me. And now I've got this thing with Dita, and Dita has no idea that I've got this thing with her. She's just going on with her life, right? You're just going on with her life. You have no idea I'm struggling with all this stuff in my head. From one little thought that I meditate on, that thing then becomes this huge thing in my life. Now I'm offended with Dita. Now I've got offense in my heart. Now when I go to get in the presence of God, I can't get in the, You guys see how that... Tr- Stop it. <laughs> you guys got to watch that Bob Newhart little video on... It's really funny. It's an inside joke. Anyways, if I were to sit down with you and have coffee with you, if you're struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with something and you came to me and said, Pastor Shar, I'm really struggling with this, you know, what should I do? These are some questions that I would ask you. You want to hear them? Let's just, let's pretend we're having coffee. You guys get your cup of coffee and let's sip on our coffee. What are some things that you're thankful for? Is there anything that you're thankful for? Just not, oh, thank you, Mark. Oh, Jeff said that. Sorry that we were behind him. Thank you, Jeff. Well, thank you. One thing, just shake your head, just agree with me like this. If you have one thing you're thankful for, any, one thing. What is one thing that you love God for? What's one thing you love God for? That too, yes. This morning I got to see the sunrise. Man, I didn't see it yesterday. Beautiful. He speaks to us in the creation, right? The sunsets. Like, what are one, what's one thing you're thankful for God for, that you love God for? What are some blessings in your life? Is there one blessing? Is there one thing? Just nod. Let's pretend, yeah, there we go, okay. Grandkids, yeah. Simba. Hey, thanks. If you didn't hear Sarah's message last night, it was really great. Simba said, thank you for using him as an example. I'm thankful for my Chihuahua Simba. He's, he's really amazing. I was going to show a picture. I keep forgetting to send a picture. So what is, what, okay, here's another one. What is your favorite moment with God? Your favorite moment with God. So are you thinking about the gas prices right now? What are you thinking about? Your favorite moment with God. What is your favorite worship song and why? Do you know that sometimes there's seasons that songs come in your life, you know, like Waymaker. It's like that thing, that's just that song you can sing forever and ever and ever because there's just like an anointing on it. It's like a declaration, you know. What are some testimonies God has done in your life? You you guys see what I'm doing here? If we could just write some questions down and when we feel anxious, when we feel those things and we're out of peace, if we simply were to sit down, write down these questions or ask yourself these questions. I had, I'm not even gonna go there. Ask yourself these questions. God, what are you doing? You ever ask him that? God, what's going on? You don't need to hear an answer back. God, what do you love about me? You ever ask him that? 
What do you love about him? You ever tell him what you love about him? When we do that, it's impossible to be in anxiety and to be in thanksgiving at the same time. It's impossible to turn my affection toward the things that are going on in the world and turn my affection towards God. That's why he says for us to be, to take his peace. Amen? Think about him. Do those things. Let's turn to Matthew 8, 23 to 27. I love this story. How many love the stories in the Bible? Do you know that Jonah really was swallowed by a big fish? It's not just a story. It really happened. How did it happen? I have no idea. Noah really built a big boat. You know, don't you know? It's, those things really happen. Matthew 8, 23 to 27, I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. And it says this, it says, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. And suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Don't you love that? But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up, he rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a calm. Don't you love that? All the suddenlies. Watch for the suddenlies. We're going to have a lot of suddenlies this year. A lot of suddenlies. And if your affection is over here on anxiety, you're going to miss the suddenlies. Just saying. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Three things from this passage. Number one is this. Have you ever had something that come up suddenly, a storm in your life? You didn't ask for, you didn't anticipate. It was just suddenly. What happened? You were just at peace. Or were you like the disciples? Ah! I am usually the, ah, it takes me a minute. You know? Jesus' response to the sudden storm is he was asleep. It was an example that Jesus was showing us that when things like that happen, when storms come suddenly, that we can be at peace. Shake your head, yes. The disciples' response, they were afraid. The fear caused them, listen, fear caused them to believe that Jesus didn't care. How many of us come into a storm suddenly, our first response is, Jesus, don't you care? Right? Don't you care? I'm, we're drowning. What's Jesus' response? Why are you so afraid? You know what that word little faith means in that passage? In different translations, in this translation, had little faith. This is what it means. It's describing a faith that lacks confidence or doesn't trust. So trust and peace really go hand in hand. Do we trust God? Do we trust him in the storms? Do we trust him now? Do you trust 
that when you put gas in your car, that he's going to provide for you. When you get gas in your car, we use this a lot because this is the thing right now. When you go to put gas in your car, are you complaining or are you thankful? When you're buying groceries, somebody mentioned the other day, they're like, they went and got groceries, they didn't really pay attention. It was just like, whoa, what in the world? It causes anxiety if we don't stop and put, and put ourselves in the position of peace and trust that he says he will supply just some of your needs when the economy is good. He's only going to supply your needs after. No, he supplies all of your needs, and it's not even according to what you think. It's according to his riches and glory. So why do we worry? Why do we fear? When a storm comes, Jesus says it will come right? It will come. But why don't we be like Peter and say, hey, Jesus, call me out on that storm. Teach me how to walk on the waves. Teach me how to ride that. I just, Peter's, yeah, anyways, I have all these things that go through my mind. Jesus says that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Let's turn to Isaiah 26. I love this. This is one of my favorite verses. I know I've got a lot of favorite. This is really a good one. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4, in the New Living Translation, it says, You, this is God, will keep you and He will keep you in perfect peace, all who trust in you. All whose what? Thoughts are fixed on you. He will keep you, listen to me. God says this, that he will keep you. Who's going to keep you? God will keep you in perfect peace. What is your job? And keep your mind and your thoughts what? Focused on him. His job is to keep you in peace. And if we're not in peace, it's not his fault. Because he's got us in peace. If I'm not in peace then I'm thinking about things that are keeping me out of peace and I'm not trusting God. Right? Isn't that what that's saying? He will keep you in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Let's go to verse four. Trust in the Lord. How many times? Only when he comes through for you. Trust in the Lord when we're not in a recession. Trust in the Lord when your president is in office. Trust in the Lord always. That means when you can't figure it out. That means when you know the answer. That means when you don't know the answer. That means always. Always. How many in here try to figure God out? Or try to figure out what he's doing? Don't. It'll drive you crazy. Though, seriously, it'll drive you crazy. Trust. It doesn't say figure him out. It says trust. Trust in the Lord always. For the Lord God is the eternal rock. He is the foundation that we can stand strong on. Only him. Amen? You guys doing okay? Perfect peace, whose mind and thoughts are stayed on him. I just love that. Why don't we go to Philippians 4, 6 through 7? This is another good one. Do you know the word worry here? In other translations, it says anxious. Don't be anxious about anything. That word anxious 
is the same word that's in Matthew 6, where Jesus is talking and he says, don't worry about anything. Remember that? That whole thing in, in Matthew 6? You guys should look it up. It's the same word. Do you know what that word means in the Greek? Distractions. Anxiety and worry is simply a distraction that keeps us from focusing on who we should be focusing on. Isn't that crazy? Did you guys know that? <clears throat> okay, Philippians 6 or 4, 6 through 7, it says, don't worry or be anxious about anything. Instead, stay instead. I love Paul is giving us actually what to do. He says, don't worry about anything, but instead, pray about everything. Wait a minute. He already knows what I need. So then why should I pray? Say relationship. Relationship. He says to pray about everything. Pray and tell God what you need. Tell him what you, do you guys pray and tell God what you need? Or no? Do you? Yes, you should. Don't make it a Santa Claus list, but it says to tell him what you need. God, I am struggling. I am anxious and I am worried and I am fearful. But it says, and thank him for all that he has done. When I enter into this place in thanks, with thanksgiving and gratitude. Listen, if I enter into this place with thanksgiving and attitude and I tell God everything, God, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going through. This is what's happening in my brain. This is what's happening. I'm struggling. But I'm not coming to him complaining and saying, where are you? You guys get it? It's a thankful heart. A heart of thanksgiving will get you in there a lot quicker. And you'll come out feeling a whole lot better than you did going in. Don't you think? Amen. Then verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace. When will you experience God's peace? Here, why don't we do this? Let's, let me have some volunteers here. You hold this one. I got another one. Anna. You hold this one. You want Jesus? <laughs> Jesus hog? <clears throat> All right. Let me get you guys in order. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> Akuna Matata. You guys got to switch. Okay, there we go. All right. So this is saying here in simple terms, don't worry about anything. When you worry, it causes anxiety, right? It puts you in fear. We're talking about peace. Remember at the beginning, Jesus says that he gives us peace. Why aren't we in peace? I believe it's this. Don't worry about anything. It causes panic. Anybody in here have a panic? If you're panicking, stop and think. What am I thinking about? What, a lot of times we get into anxiety and worry because we're thinking about things that we can't change anyways. Global warming, you can't change it. But instead, pray about it, right? And if you pray about it and still worried that you're not pray praying, you might just be complaining about it. Just a thought. Instead, pray about everything. And when I'm praying in thanksgiving, I'm, I'm coming to him with thanksgiving. How many are thankful for something? 
God, these are the cares that I have. These are the things I'm concerned about. But I am so thankful that you are God. I am so thankful that you said you never leave me nor forsake me. I'm so thankful that you said you're going to provide every single need that I have. I don't know how, but I know you will. Right? Turn on that worship music. God, what do you think about me? Holy Spirit, what are you doing? See? Changing your thoughts, changing those things. It says, and his peace. Oh, yeah. His peace will guard your heart. He will, his peace will. How can his peace guard my heart if I'm anxious? So I have to, his peace guards my heart. There's protection, there's assurance, there's guidance and abundance in all of this. You guys tracking with me? You guys doing good? Should we order pizza? Yeah, pizza. I haven't had pizza for a while. I love it. It says, don't worry about anything, but then you will experience God's peace. We experience God's peace when we are praying about things and not worrying. You guys good? Then you experience his peace. And then verse seven, I love verse seven. It says this, and now, say and now. Now, now Paul's saying, okay, and now, now that I've told you, don't worry or be anxious about anything, but instead pray about everything, right? Don't complain about everything, but pray about everything with thanksgiving. Say being thankful. I'm giving you guys some really good tools here. Good tools to walk in peace. Do you know that we can walk in a chaotic world and have peace? Do you guys believe that? If you don't believe it, you can come up after and we can get you saved. Because here, Jesus, Jesus is peace. Peace is a person. When you have Jesus, you have peace. If I'm out of peace, that means my thoughts are not in alignment. That means I'm thinking about things I shouldn't be thinking about. Okay? All right. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. What we, did we talk about in Isaiah 26.3? It says, he will keep you in perfect peace whose thoughts are fixed on him. And then Paul takes it a step farther and says, hey, don't only just think about Jesus. How about things that are noble and pure and just and true and virtuous and of a good report? How about thinking about things that are good? You know, if you've got a person in your life that you don't like, I know none of you here, maybe some online might have people that you don't like. I don't have anybody that I don't like. Lord, please forgive me for you know. <laughs> Instead of thinking about all the things that irritate you about them, think about one thing that you like about them. And if you can't, then don't think about them at all. Seriously, I guarantee you there's one thing about, one, about that person that you can find that's good. Amen? God loves them. That's a good reason. All right. All right, so he's saying, fix your thoughts on what is pure, honorable, right, pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about, th uh, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. See, your thoughts will get you in peace or out of peace. If you focus on Jesus and if you focus on the things that are pure, I guarantee you, you will walk in peace. You guys believe me? If you don't, just try it. Try it for a month. Try it for a month that I will not worry about anything, but instead I'm going to pray about everything with thanksgiving. 
I am going to not worry about what is happening in the world. Some of you, listen, I, I, do, I, don't, I don't worry about what's happening in the world, but that can be a huge distraction for some when that's all that I focus on. I can be aware, I can be informed, but I need to stay in peace. And if those things are keeping me out of peace, then I, that thing has consumed me, right? Do you think that he's got the whole world in his hands? Do you think that God is, is trembling and worried about the world? Not a bit, because he is God over the world. He is God over this nation that hasn't changed, that will never change. Amen? So even in that, even in that, that should bring you peace. It brings me peace. I love that. So I'm not going to worry about anything, but instead I'm going to pray about everything with thanksgiving because I want to live in peace. I don't know about you. I hate being anxious. I get, when I get anxious, I have to like go do something. I got to go paint a wall. I got to go wash my car. I got to go do something because it, it, that's how, for me, you know, and it's just, <sighs> I got to do something. But I also have to stop and think, what am I thinking about? If I'm concerned about things that I can't change, then I need to stop and say, what, what am I thinking? Am I thinking about things that I can't change? Or am I thinking about how God is so good? God, what do you think about me? God, I'm so thankful for the blessings that you've given me. See, when I'm, when I'm out of peace, then I don't give God the, the proper thanks that he should have for the blessings that he's given us. How many God has blessed here? How many he has given you an awesome family? He's given you, anybody in here living on the, on the streets? Anybody in here not driving a car? Anybody here not have any food? Or anybody here not have any clothes? Or you don't have any clothes, Sebastian? Oh, okay. He's like raising his hands. I'm like, dude, we're going to get you some clothes. <laughs> we have so much to be thankful for. But what happens is when things don't go our way, when things aren't happening the way that we want them to happen, then we get frustrated and uptight. God, don't you care? And he's like, I do. Stay in peace. What are you thinking about? Don't worry. Give it to me. Trust the Lord with all your heart. And I love it. Do not lean on your understanding. See, your understanding isn't his understanding. And when we try to understand the things of God, that gets us in a really bad place because you're not God. I'm not God, you're not God, and you never will be God, right? So don't lean on your own understandings. Your job is to trust God because God is God and he is good. Amen? He's good. And he, if he gave his son to die for you, don't you think he'll take care of you? Of course he will. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. So how do I stay in peace? I don't worry. I pray about everything. I trust him in everything. I think about things. Jesus first. I think about all the things that are worthy, that are pure, that are lovely, that are of good report. And then I put it into practice. How do you put it into practice? Renew your minds. That is my favorite verse in the whole world. 
Romans 12, 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world. What world? This world. What does conform look like? That means I think like the world thinks. Paul is saying, don't do that. But instead, renew your mind and be transformed. Renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? Think about what you're thinking about. There's a whole bunch of stinking thinking, I guarantee you, that's going on even right now. I, you ever catch yourself? You know, we have a, a, a yard. We have a big yard now, you know, and you're mowing the grass. It's kind of bumpy, you know, so you're mowing the grass. And all of a sudden, I, this is me. I'm mowing the grass, and I got my ear pods in, and I'm mowing the grass, you know. And I'm, all of a sudden, I get irritated. I'm like, why am I irritated? Like, I'm happy. You know, like, I'm happy. I love mowing grass. I love being outside. I, I love my new house. I love my new yard. I love all of it. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Here, I was just thinking about <laughs> something that was so stupid. And then it's not even true, usually, because you just get this thought that Dita doesn't like me. And now I'm <laughs> mad at Dita because Dita doesn't like me because for what it, you, you guys understand it? We are responsible for your, you're responsible for your thoughts. I'm responsible for my thoughts. If we are always irritated and always mad and always struggling, I want to challenge you. I want to empower you. Think about what you're thinking about. It's the God of peace is in you. So if my thoughts are always on the thing that is annoying me and not on the Prince of Peace, then of course I'm not going to be in peace. Does that make sense? Let's change the way that we think. Make a decision today. The Bible says, talks about repent. Jesus uses the word repent a lot. The word repent is still in the Bible. It's still in the Bible. And the word repent, it's not a bad word. It's a very good word, actually. Actually, it's a word that will help take us from a pit to a palace, just like that. Repent is something that I say, you know what, God? Forgive me because I've been thinking wrong. Now I don't want to think that way anymore. I don't want to think like that. I don't want to think about Dita like that anymore. God, I, I love her. I really do. <laughs> you know, that's repenting. And then I start thinking about the great things that Dita does and the great person that Dita is. And then all of a sudden that thing is gone. And then when I see her, I can actually give her a hug and I can love her and I can have coffee with her and we can... She can stay at my house, and we can have a party, and we can, we can go surfing together, and we can kayak together, you know? So you guys, the world that we're living in right now is chaotic. That's not going to change. See, we're praying for the world to change. We're praying for the everything to end. How about we just focus on Jesus, give him our needs, and just live life with everything in us, in the chaos, right? The Bible, you know, Timothy was in, he was a, the, a, you know, first Timothy in the Bible. He was a pastor of a church in Ephesus. And he, it was the worst time in his life there. The worst government ever. They would actually take Christians for fun and they would put them in an arena and they would release, was it lions or something? And lions would rip them apart. This was for fun. 
this was, okay, I'm, thank you, thank you, Jesus, I didn't live in Timothy's time. We all want to live in the Bible time. But if you do the history of what happened in the Bible, we'll be thankful that we live today. Amen? So today, we can live in all of the chaos, still in peace, because we have the Prince of Peace with us. Amen? He has given us the ability to change the way that we think. Say, yes, I can change my thinking. And listen, when you change your thinking, you'll actually change your behavior. Because your behavior lines up with your thinking. If you're behaving badly, then you're thinking badly. Doesn't, isn't the Bible amazing? Like the Bible is the best book in the whole world. Do you know that the whole Bible is ours? From Genesis to Revelation, Old Covenant and New Covenant? I hear that a lot. We live in the New Covenant. Yeah, but the Old Covenant has amazing things that we can learn from. But I don't have to fulfill the law because thank you, Jesus, for living grace. Amen? But the whole Bible is mine. Isn't that wonderful? It says the whole, it says it was God breathed. And when you read it, it's like it gives you these tools. Isn't this a great way to live life? Don't worry, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then he says, the, then he says that he will guard your heart. His peace will guard your mind and your heart. And then it tells you how to even think. Look at that. You don't even have to do any work. You don't have to do any work. This Because Paul is telling you what to do. It's like cheating on a test. What about that? I cheated on tests. I know. I repented and it's all good and God doesn't hold, hold it against me. I hated school. Anyways, don't do that, Mateo. Don't cheat in school. They're cheating on your test probably because you're smart. Anyways, are you guys good? Isn't this good? Because God wants, here, listen. Jesus said in the beginning, you guys can sit down. Thank you very much. You can just put this there. Thank you. In the very beginning, what did we say? In the very beginning, it says that I will leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear. See, the church should never be in fear because God has given us a way. He's given us Jesus who walked the earth as a man, fully God, to be at perfect peace to show us how we can walk. Does it mean that we're not going to have moments? It is. We are going to have moments because we're not Jesus, right? He was perfect. We're not. But in those moments, we can go back to the Scripture and say, God, I thank you. I thank you for the work that you're doing. I thank you for who you are. I have, if I'm anxious, full of anxiety and worry and fear, I stop and say, God, what are you doing? Holy Spirit, what do you love about me? Jesus, I thank you for the blessings that you've given me. I thank you for, I thank you for my house. I thank you for the food. I thank you for, I thank you for the sunshine. I thank you for summer. I thank you for winter. I thank you for my chihuahua. See, when I'm thankful for all of those things, if you guys met Simba, you would love him too. Promise. He's really cute. But when we're thankful, it's hard for us to be anxious. When I was asking those questions, were you anxious? Could you, were you thinking about anything else? No. So we have the power to change our thoughts. 
And it's our responsibility to renew our mind, to not be conformed to the ideals and the thoughts of the world. The thoughts and ideals of the world are going to keep you in anxiety, and they're going to keep you in fear. They're going to keep you in frustration and in hate. That's the world. So Paul says, don't be conformed to that. Instead, be renewed by the, by, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right? It's easy to do, Dita. Would you mind playing for me? She's like, no, you're mad at me. You don't like me. <laughs> there is amazing things going on. There really is. There's something that's happening, and I believe, I believe this. I, med- I meditate a lot on, on Mary and Martha, that whole encounter, you know, when Jesus comes to their house. And I'm only assuming because dinner wasn't ready. So I'm only assuming because usually I'm a woman. How many are women in here? Yeah. If you know somebody's coming over for dinner, you're not going to go, oh, wait, I got to make something to eat. Usually you have something prepared, right? I might be wrong, but whatever. Let me, let me have my time. But I meditate on Mary and Martha and Jesus showing up and just showing up at their house. And apparently it happened often where he would come with his disciples and Mary and Martha would feed them. But this time it was just Jesus from what I read. But I meditate on that because Martha got busy doing something good because she wanted to feed him, right? She wanted wanted to give Jesus food. I mean, if Jesus came to my house, I'd be like, clean my house and, you know, probably have Wendy cook for him or something because I can't cook. But anyways, I can cook okay. Anyways, so Jesus comes. Martha gets busy wanting to feed Jesus, but Mary just gets at the feet of Jesus as a disciple would do. That's what they did in those days is that the disciples would sit at the teacher's feet and he would just teach them things. And I meditate on that and I'm like, and, and Jesus lovingly kind of rebukes Martha in a way and he says, hey, because Martha gets mad at her sister, go figure. Anybody in here have sisters? Yeah, I had six. Do we have six sisters or seven? There's seven girls in the family. I have six sisters and I'm still alive. And I'm still saying, I know. And we had one bathroom. Yeah. Okay, anyways, I need a sozo after that. Anyways, where was I? I don't even know where I was. Mary and Martha. Okay. So Mary and Martha, Mary ends up at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus tells Martha, Martha, you're upset and you're worried about so many things. So what do you think, the same word, that's the same word there that's in the verses I just read you, distraction. So that good thing became a distraction. The serving became a distraction because Jesus wanted to, Jesus did not come for food. Jesus came because he was the food. And I believe that we're in a season, listen to me and listen to me good. We, the church, we're in a season that he's going to come to us in ways that we've never experienced before. This is why we need to have our affection on him. 
and not get distracted with what the world is trying to throw at us. Jesus can be here in this room and we miss him because we're too busy thinking about how long the service is going to go. Worship is going this long. They sing this long. I can't believe they sing this long. I can't, we hear that a lot. That's a really, it's a, one of the complaints we have, and that's okay. I just tell people, come at 1030, and you'll only have 15 minutes. But listen, sometimes he wants to show up in a way that he's never shown up before. He shows up at Mary and Martha's house. Mar Martha gets busy doing a good thing, and Mary sits down, and Martha's mad at Mary because, hey, how come you're not? And, and Jesus says this. He says, hey, just a minute. Mary has discovered what's better. We're in a season of discovery. We're in a season of a discovery in our relationship with Jesus that we've never had before. It's going to feel weird and awkward. He's going to speak to you in places that you've never, you'll be shopping doo -doo -doo, at Aldi, saving a whole bunch of money, putting gas in your car, all happy, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will come, boom, and you'll have an encounter. There's a story I love. Bill Johnson shares this story. And he was with a whole bunch of guys at a conference in some place in a different country, and Benny Hinn was there. And he shared this story about Benny Hinn. I don't care if you like him or love him, it doesn't matter, or hate him, whatever, it doesn't matter. This is what happened, according to Bill Johnson. They were having dinner, and they were talking about things of the Lord. What were they talking about? Things of the Lord. They were not talking about the chaos. They were talking about the things of the Lord. They were talking about Jesus. Where was their focus? On Jesus. And he said, all of a sudden, say all of a sudden, remember the suddenlies? The suddenly storms can be the suddenly Holy Spirit. Come on. We want the suddenly Holy Spirit. What happened in the book of Acts? And suddenly the Holy Spirit came and fell. Woo! And suddenly, he said, the Holy Spirit fell and nobody could move. He said, it was just like a cloud that came. He said, everybody was silent. And he said, Benny Hinn says this, said this. He said, I have to go. The Holy Spirit is calling me. We are going to have moments like that. Do you want moments like that? If you don't want moments like that, that's okay. I'll take that moment. I'll take yours. You can have yours. The Holy Spirit wants to reintroduce himself to a church. That's you. Say, that's me. And if I'm in chaos and if I'm in anxiety and if I'm in worry, it's a distraction. It's a distraction to keep us from those times, those encounters, those visitations, whatever you want to call it, that he wants to do and give us. I'm telling you, if you ask for it, he'll give it to you. But then your responsibility is to turn your affections toward him. Am I making any sense? Yes. Why don't you guys stand up? He is going to visit us in a way that he's never visited us before. You can walk in complete perfect peace because your mind is stayed on the one who is the Prince of Peace. 
You do not have to be worried or anxious. And when you do, you can remember, God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you're my provider. I thank you that you never leave me. I thank you that you never forsake me. I thank you that you died on the cross for me. I thank you that the Holy Spirit came and he never left. I thank you for an outpouring of your presence. I thank you for an outpouring of your love. I thank you for an outpouring of your glory. That changes everything. I'm ready to just do the Pentecostal two-step. You guys want to see it? Yeah. You have to be. One day I'll show you. Woo. Put your hands out like this, Holy Spirit. We just thank you that you are here. We thank you that you are moving. We thank you, God, that we are in a move. God, we thank you that you are moving in our country. We thank you that you are moving in our community. We thank you that you are moving in our homes, in our families, in our jobs. We thank you, God, that you are shaking everything that can be shaken, and you're the only thing that cannot be shaken, and we are a part of that kingdom that cannot be shaken, and you will come, and you will have your way. Your kingdom will invade our area. Your kingdom, God, will invade our nation. Your kingdom will come, and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, that is something you promised. That is a prayer that you gave us, and we declare that in Jesus' name. We declare that over your lives, that the kingdom of God would invade, that the favor of God would flood your hearts, would flood your lives. We thank you, God, that you are moving in these people. We thank you that healings and miracles are breaking out everywhere that go. We thank you for the authority that you have given us, the responsibility that you have given us, that when we speak, things happen that when we when we yet when we yell when we what's that when when we, what's the how's that go when i open up my mouth there we go miracles start breaking out because he has given us all authority he hasn't given you just some authority he has given us all authority thank you jesus Lord, I thank you that these people and watching online, we're going to come into alignment with who we are. We're going to know who you are, and we're going to walk in our authority, and we're going to release your kingdom everywhere we go, everywhere, every person we touch. We are going to make an impact with every single influence that's in our lives, and we are going to see things happen. In the middle of chaos, we're going to see revival. Come on, church. In the middle of chaos, we will see revival. We will see revival. In the middle of all of it, we will see revival because that is God's will to pour out his spirit on all. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Father, bless these people. Be with them the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a good day. Happy Sunday. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.